Things in life are heavy, like the comic anvil. You're listening to the Comic Anvil, sponsored by Nerds on the Rocks. Hello and welcome to the Comic Anvil, episode 40. This is my second attempt at doing the intro, because the first time it decided to cut out. So, so far so good, I think we're still rolling. Um, we're joined... I'm going to be... I'm hosting this week, because I decided that I want to give it a try again. So, probably the last time you'll be hearing me hosting for a while we'll see how it goes joining me this week uh, is from the nerds on the rock site we have earl howdy <laughs> we have our regular canadian eric hey we have josh eric you sound so manly this morning. i've got a fucking cold <laughs> like you wouldn't believe <laughs> i hope that i hope that josh gets nothing just, and we have Josh. <laughs> oh wait, it's just it's. You should have waited for my Kyle, because then for Kyle, I was just gonna say, and then there's Kyle. <laughs> Hello, peasants. Hello. Oh, Anthony, you are so my favorite. Can you host every week now? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, so there's a bit more movie news this week, thanks to Warner Brothers actually announcing someone, announcing something. It's not just rumors. There's an official announcement from Warner Brothers that there's been more casts. casting done for the Superman Batman film which still doesn't have an official title but that's fine we'll just call it Superman Batman and the announcement is there's two characters have been cast in the film you've probably heard by the time you're reading it they've cast Jeremy Irons in the role of Alfred which I don't think anyone's too upset about but then the big one that's got everyone talking is Jesse Eisenberg is playing Lex Luthor which I think kind of shocked everyone from the look of the internet after it was announced um okay so who wants to go first what what does ev- what do, does everyone think of Eisenberg playing Lex Luthor um not a fan personally I think he's a little punkish for it um a lot of people I think he's... people have pointed out I think uh, just because yeah. he did so well in the social network uh, doesn't mean that Zack Snyder can direct him as well as David Fincher could. That yeah, so, that's very true. I mean, you can't argue that point. It seems like they're just trying to twist the characters to uh, what we would not expect. Mm. And, and yeah, I mean, if that's what they're going for, then bang on, they've nailed it. But that's just my thought, I guess. I think what's a lot of, what's off-putting to a lot of people is that he has got quite he's the same age as Henry Cavill, but he has got quite a baby face to yeah. him. Like he doesn't look yeah. thirty-one, and he's used, he plays a lot of like young characters. Like he played Mark Zuckerberg mm-hmm. when he was still in a, a university student, so like say early twenties, and presumably the Lex Luthor is going to be like a bit older to, than what he's usually playing. But yeah. Um, we seem to have lost it. That's we'll okay. I'm rolling. I'm working on it. You can give his two cents. Okay. Um, anyway, Josh, you're the big DC guy. DC guy on the show. What do you? What's your thoughts on Eisenberg? Um, I totally agree with what both of you and um, Eric have said. I mean, in regards to him, um, 
you know, that whole Zack Snyder kind of directing him into that role. Um, yeah. It's going to be tough. I, I totally agree with that. At the same time, I, I mean, I've enjoyed him as an actor. I feel like he, he can live up to the task, but um, I agree with the baby face. I, I, the, the whole problem I'm kind of having with it now, the more I've thought about it, is you have this old, you know, aged Batman. You have this younger Superman. Like, mm. that in itself kind of, like, threw me for a loop because it's like, weren't we supposed to believe that, like, Superman is kind of like the first hero kind of in this universe? And then all of a sudden you're saying, well, Batman's been doing it for probably about ten years now. And yeah, then yeah. all of a sudden you're going to have this Lex that's technically the same age, you know, as Superman. But, like, it, it just doesn't seem like these pieces are all kind of fitting together into this one universe. Okay. Yeah, so like the, the making up as if they go along almost. Is yeah, so I mean, I, I, at the end of the day, I don't want to judge anyone until I see the film. Yeah, it's it's just speculation at this point. We don't know like what, what direction they're going to go yet until we get like more plot details and a story synopsis and yeah. some like photos and stuff. But um, yeah, it's going to be weird because they did kind of they really did set up like Superman would be like the start of this universe, and then Batman's going to be older now because. Well, probably because a lot of people are familiar with like Batman, especially fans of the Nolan films. So maybe they think if they they don't want to retell his origin again, so close to Nolan's, and at the same time not retcon it too harshly, like not directly, not follow it on, but like you know, not like yeah, I mean totally ignore ignore the fact that it exists. So yeah, I think you didn't, but you, at the same time you didn't have to put this aged Batman in there to put that point across. You could have just had it, you know someone around the same age and is, you know, early to mid thirties, possibly, you know, just starting out as Batman, but we already know that origin. We don't have to show it. You can show him yeah. like two years into his Batman process, not 10 mm. plus years. Yeah. Mm. Kyle, you're usually a man of um, opinions. <laughs> what do you think of Jesse Eisenberg playing Lex Luthor in the Man of Steel sequel? I'm still at the point where I don't care about this film. <laughs> it, it really, I don't care. Nope. I'm not going to sugarcoat. I don't care about this film. This, as far as I'm, I've already said I'm not going to see it. But going off this Jesse Eisenberg, whatever, I'm like, I'm not seeing Social Network. It's I've got it on DVD. Still not watched it, but I have seen it in Advent, not Advent, Adventureland. I think it was. And. And he's in, he's, in a, he's in a film called Adventureland and a film oh, called Zombieland. What the hell do I know? Is that Kirsten <laughs> Stewart? Not Kirsten Stewart? Sure. Yeah, yeah the one from Twilight yeah. in Adventureland. Oh. But anyway, yeah. um, it's one of those things where I could watch those films and I would forget that he's in it. I, he, I don't think he's anything from those two films I have seen him in. I don't think he's anything special. And as great as he may be in the social network, I don't really see how that can be the justification of that one movie for him to be such a great actor. Mm. But Well, I think it's more the character he's playing in The Social Network. Like, he's kind yeah. of playing an arsehole in The Social Network, like a rich arsehole. So, if anything, it's typecasting for Luther. But... Um, Earl, you got any sober thoughts yeah. while you're here? 
Um, I would just say this much. I, uh, to me, it's more, I'm more curious to see which direction they take the character. Um, mm. it, you know, like a lot of people have kind of pointed towards his portrayal in the social network as like an evil millionaire. And maybe in the modern day, Zex Uther would be a Silicon, Silicon um, CEO instead of a business one. I mean, that was his portrayal in the 80s. Maybe it's time for him to be a tech genius. We'll see. He just doesn't have that physicality I expect in the role. So I'm curious to see what they do on that end. Hmm. Okay, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but when they cast Gene Hackman in the Christopher Reeve film, wasn't there a big uproar about that because they didn't think he'd be able to play him? I have no idea. I was one, three years old when that happened. I was going to say, there's only one person old enough on this show to be <laughs> I know, but I'm just, I'm just saying if anyone remembers some, like, any documentaries that they've seen recently, because I'm sure I heard that at some point, but I'm not entirely sure, so I don't want to, like, kind of commit to the statement, if you know what I mean. I was kind of... I, I feel like... Christopher Reeves would have been the bigger question mark for a lot of people with Superman yeah, being yeah. done nothing before that really uh, Gene Hackman was born in because he was a name so yeah. at the time you saw movie stars in that role I mean I assume adaptations weren't a big thing back then well Marlon Brando was the key their key actor yeah. so it's, it's yeah, not it much different key. it wasn't much different then than it is now I think with the casting decisions they're going for big names for people to but recognize their roles right well, I feel like that's half and half. Like Batman's a big name, Ben Affleck, yeah, but, but I wouldn't mm. say that Superman was a big name. I wouldn't even say Exuth is a big name or Wonder Woman. Eisenberg. Uh, well, Jesse Eisenberg. He's but he's yeah. a nominated, yeah, As- yeah Academy but, Award nominated. Yeah, but actor, I mean, like, so. pop, like, like even some of you have most of you haven't seen all of his films, and the films he art is kind of known for, other than the Social Network, are kind of tiny films. Mm. Mm-hmm. Zombie and an adventure, and while I enjoy them, aren't like super blockbuster films that make you a yeah, household name. Yeah, And everybody kind of confuses him for um, Michael Saran. Michael Sarah. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> yeah, what's it called? It's fun. It, what the what everyone's really complaining about because every actor that they had, they wanted was bald, and it was a all we can only think of bald people that could possibly play Lex Luthor. You know, does he need to be just be lazy yeah. like that? No, he doesn't need to. I know. Bald, I never thought it's one of those stupid things. He just assumes he's he's stupid thing. I mean, it's the same. Like, like Brian Cranston. Yeah, exactly. Everyone entry. Oh, it's got to be Brian Cranston because you played the guy that was bald for five years for five series. <laughs> if we want, so it's got to be him. So convinced that it was going to be him. I think every. I think that's that's not helped towards the uproar. Like everyone was like so convinced that Brian Cranston was going to be Lex Luthor because at some well, point in time, it was everyone thought it was confirmed. It's like no, it's just all it's internet rumors and people wanting hits on the websites yeah. it's just like no yeah and i think that's why like jesse eisenberg's having such you know trouble being accepted i mean i mean he would be have trouble being accepted regardless but i think that yeah. whole brian cranston thing was everyone got so worked up about that and then it didn't happen i've almost have half a mind that some of this shit with all these different rumors has been disinformation pumped out by warner brothers to throw them off the track because there's an interview with eisenberg from a few months ago and they kind of asked him about it and what you know now if you saw that yeah like i never watched it but i could most people commented saying that you could tell he knows he knows who's gonna be fucking like his body his body language and he actually doesn't really talk about it that much Mm -hmm. and from his body language he can't kind of get the idea that he's at least been in talks Mm -hmm. or it's been mentioned to him Mm -hmm. so yeah so who's to say that it wasn't disinformation 
Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. But it has to be because, again, like I think I mentioned on our drunk cast, <laughs> I don't think any of the names that they threw out for this role, like any this or Wonder Woman, were any of the people they cast. Like we yeah. had Brian Cranston, we had Denzel Washington. You had, like, they, were, like, <laughs> they were like, oh, they're going for a black actor. They're auditioning black actors. Gonna, Brian Cranston's a Still name think he'd be have. really good as like so far. Um, he'd be Steel. Denzel Washington. Uh, oh, I'm sure that's Bring a back Shaq. people who are great. Henry I'm sure there are a ton of people who are great for Exclusive, like, but I'm just saying the names that were thrown out there <laughs> weren't the oh, names. The Rock. <laughs> yeah. Well, The Rock, I don't know if we, yeah, The Rock is... That was just one. That'll be for the Justice League. Yeah. Um, I'm also curious to see, because I imagine, like, especially with Eisenberg, that Exclusive won't be the O.E. bad guy in his film, because there's no way that Superman and Batman or Cavell and um, Affleck are really going... They're going to doff this guy on screen. So you're gonna need some kind of big muscle you do to kind of mm. compensate for that. He's yeah. gonna have his suit. He's gonna have his suit. I I was so disappointed. I still haven't seen any anybody mock up a picture of his head on one of those green and purple battle suits yet, and I was just so disappointed with that so far. The power suit. Superpowers. I remember that <laughs> stuff, man, when it was coming out. Lex Luthor had a cool green and purple suit. Brainiac looked he cool. Still, <laughs> he still does. I, the power suit is so goofy looking, but mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, I I mentioned this before with Eisenberg, but just briefly, um, Jeremy Irons as Alfred, I think because he's old and he's English, everyone's kind of like, yeah, that's fine. But does anyone yeah. does anyone like disagree <laughs> with that casting at all, or is anyone upset about that? What if they're going for the uh, the version that uh, Jeff Johns made up in uh, the graphic novels? Earth one. Huh? Earth one. Earth one. Is that what it's called? The Earth one Batman? Yeah. Oh, when is is he a bit? He's a bit younger in that. Well, he's like a he's like a, an army dude, right? Like a serious hardcore army. Well, guy. I mean, he's he's an army dude, and most backgrounds it's just that they usually yeah. don't pay up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Pay. Like, what if they play that yeah. up for Jeremy Irons? Wouldn't that work yeah, even better? That, that and I also think he just has a really great voice. He has that. Yeah, he, he has a very confident, sturdy voice, right. and I think that's going to be great. And as soon as a very okay, Earl. I think, did he just, just cut out on everyone yeah, else? Then? No, that's cool. Um, I, I, was, oh, I, well, I kind of wanted to point out something else. I think this might be a rumor, too, but somebody said that Jeff Johns is going to be executive producer on this movie now. I saw oh, that on Twitter. And Nolan's out? Not yeah, I got no confirmation on that either, but... Would it be that surprising anyway? No, I wouldn't. He was, wasn't he, like, what, the executive producer or whatever on that gem that was Green Lantern? I fucking love that movie. Oh, you know what? Sometimes <laughs> I'm not sure whether you deliberately troll. It's like you're the only person I know that's ever said the ultimatum was good. I know. Ultimatum oh, rules, what are you talking about? I actually haven't read it yet. Oh, yeah, but, I don't think... But, I could kind of believe that because I don't think Christopher Nolan had a great deal with to do with Man and Steel once he got out of pre-production and he's working on Interstellar so he's not going to have time to work on Batman Superman. I also don't think Beast. he cares. And DC are gonna like want one of the guys and well one Warner Brothers probably gonna want some comic book guy involved in some kind just to try and keep fans happy until it's out. Yeah, but like Kyle said, it's it's surprise surprising they'd go with Jeff again after what happened with Green. Things in life are heavy, like the comic anvil. At the same time, okay. it's not that surprising, but then again, it is because he might because uh, Jeff Johns. In, he- not heavily involved, but 
more semi heavily involved in the TV stuff, so involved in Arrow, and he'll be involved in the Flash. And what they're saying already is that it's not going to be directly. It's not going to be directly connected to the movie universe, which you know I don't really have a problem with anyway. I thought so, the TV shows weren't weren't connected at all. That's what I'm saying. I thought they were, yeah, two people are just things. desperate to somehow stupidly link it together, like. The Glades and Man- Metropolis is like, no. <laughs> Detroit's just a dumb, just allow it and leave it out like that. Jesus Christ. Mm. That was bad. Better do. I think, yeah. other, other, other than that, other than that casting announcement, that small announcement, it's, you know, pretty slow newsy. I don't, was there anything, I don't think there was any, like, big major news stories since we last talked, unless I just um. missed it. I, I think there was one. Just give me a second. Um, it would must have been really important if you just remember it. Off the yeah. Course, it, so. Well, if you want to just <laughs> quickly talk about those amazing posters that we came out for Days of Future Past. Oh, do you mean the covers? Oh, I was yeah. going to even pick those up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't just, think it'd be worth it. It's just hilarious how bad the Quicksilver one looks. Yeah, I the think I was twenty-five. Quicksilver, yeah. Told and Brian Singer. Yeah, they're the oh. ones that we wanted. Okay, well, I don't have any movie news, but I got some comic news. Oh, yay. Uh, the, exec- what, the editor of the Batman comics, Mike Martz, has moved back to oh, Marvel. yeah. That's kind of a big thing, I think. It is, I suppose, yeah. I think he's... Do he, you reckon he's going to take um, Steve Walker's... That's role. what I reckon, too. Hmm... I'm going to... It sounds weird because he's an editor, but I'm kind of going to miss Steve Walker because I've met him a couple of times at conventions and he's like a really, like, friendly, funny guy. And I'm just hoping that it's not going to... You're not going to notice it in the books. The book I'm most scared for is Hawkeye because that was part of his, like, brainchild with Fraction and Aja. So with him out, I'm I'm a bit worried that Hawkeye is going to get fucked over now. Um. Like, they're probably going to relaunch it as an all-new Marvel Now title and it's like, ugh. Well, it's already kind of what that book's a little fucked up already. They're pulling a spawn and releasing yeah. like issue nineteen before eighteen or something. Yeah, you know. I was actually going to talk about that yeah. later. Yeah, that's cool, man. Comics. Sorry, <laughs> your lead brother. Um, yeah, um, yeah, Mike Martz. Mike Martz. He was the bat. He's the worked on the Batman books, didn't he? Well, he, he was on the X Men books before that, I believe. That's how yeah. they got Grant Morrison and Quitely on there, I guess. Mm. And then he moved to DC. I've, I wonder how long how, how long it's going to take for Scott Snyder to follow him over then. And Greg. Controversial statement, but, you know, when it happens in a year or two, you'll, I'll point you back to this podcast when I said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, um, can as well, just, just quickly go back to the movie news just for just sorry. a second. Oh, yes, sir. Um, can we just stop listening to the following people when they decide to open up their mouth? Ken Smith, what? David wow. Goya, especially David oh. Goya and Stanley. What the hell, is Stanley? Just... Stanley? Who's, who's listening no, to Stanley? When it comes to movies now, I'm sick of him seeing. I'm seeing people type up. Oh, Stanley said this, this movie gonna happen. It's not gonna fucking happen. Stanley has been saying Black Panther is the next movie for the past four years. It keeps coming out every so often, and it keeps coming out from Kevin Smith talking about the Batman costume. Even if the costume looked like shit, even if it had, if they brought back the bat nipples, Kevin Smith's not going to say anything bad because he's got his mate working on the film. Mm. 
what's it's it's just annoying me at this point because this week it comes out about him talking about the costume, mm. and really I don't see how waving them to fuck up the costume unless they give him the bat nipples again. <laughs> Realistically, it's just simple. Just give him armor, put a bat, put a bat on it, and a cape. Problem solved. But just hearing, constantly hearing, and David Goya talking about, oh, we're going to do Deathstroke, we're going to do Booster Gold. You can't even do more than fucking Batman and Superman. We ain't doing no other movie yet. But just those three people, it keeps constantly coming out, is that we should just be ignoring any news from those, with regarding those films. It's never anything that's going to change. Okay. In response to that, I think, Stanley, he's old, he... <laughs> can say whatever the fuck he wants. No one's gonna pay much mind to it. Kevin Smith, I, uh, he just wants listeners to like his eight podcasts he's got going on now. And David Goyer can just go fuck himself because he's wrote some fucking awful movies. So I can't really. <laughs> that was a bit harsh, actually. No, that's I, da- David Goyer is a very highly respected writer <laughs> who I might go looking to for some advice one day. Wouldn't I'm sorry, David Goyer, who will never listen to this show anyway. Oh. Oh. Speaking of David Goy, I guess the other Superman and Batman news would be that he's not writing the script anymore. Yeah, we is he of, not? Yeah, I heard he was out. Really? Him and Nolan are out, aren't they? Well, Nolan, well, I mean, Nolan didn't really do it, but it's the guy who wrote Argo, I believe, is now writing the oh, script. Wow. Oh, wow! Do you know what? That is the best news I've heard about this film. <laughs> that is and great. I'm, uh, I am not even. I'm not being the least bit sarcastic. That is the best news I've heard of the Superman Batman. I can see the credits rolling. Really really All Batman segments written by Argo guy, directed by Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Would, you'd get a better movie if it, like, if that was the case. You would actually not because it's Batman, but because Ben Affleck's a good director. And Argo is a good film. So if the dude who wrote that is working on Batman Superman, then more more to you know Batman Superman. I've actually got a little ray of hope now for the film. Mm. I'm gonna have to watch that later. I've got the Blu-ray. I just haven't opened it. Yeah, it's kind of weird that it was kind of snuck into the press release that he's working on it. It's based on an outline done by Goya and Snyder, but I assume that's the same type of deal he had with the Batman film. Yeah, yeah. Pitched an idea and everybody else just wrote it for him. <laughs> yeah, that's how it should work because the films usually turn out better that way. As you know, perfect example, The Dark Knight. So <laughs> that's how it should work. So okay, yeah. Uh, over with the news, should we talk about some comics? Maybe. Does sure. That sound good to people. Call the intermission so I can grab a coffee. <laughs> okay. We actually really going to have an intermission. I have got a commercial. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> we'll be. We, wait, hold on, hold on. We'll I want to do right this. Back. <laughs> say, well, I wanted to do that. Okay. I just want to grab a coffee, man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the intermission. We didn't know what to write here, so I just made this up, and I thought, I don't know. I don't think I'm thinking. Ooh, beer. Hold on. Ah, that's some good beer. Now back to our show. So anyway, okay, are we back now? Yes. Is this it? Yes. Are we back to the show? Okay, cool. Alright, so has anyone got a non-Marvel or DC title they want to talk about? I, I, I got a few. Okay, so Eric, we'll start I'm, with you I'm then. Gonna, okay, go ahead. We have Josh and Cargo first, they had homework this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get to. Oh, fuck, you know. 
China horse here. <laughs> I just want to make them make sure they get to talk about their homework so they don't forget and sneak hey, out of. I'm, we're gonna we're gonna get to them. It's just we had a lot of we had a lot of Marvel and DC talk. Or just then. I yeah, thought but, we'd give some time to indie. I was trying to be, you know. But oh, but these aren't Marvel and DC comics. <laughs> They aren't Jeez. You can really tell, like we planned this way in advance. This show. <laughs> it's really showing. It's like it's scripted and everything. Um, yeah. Did David Goyer write the script for this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Okay, that was funny. I enjoyed oh, that. David that was a good one. Yeah, you sure did. That was awesome. <laughs> okay. Eric, just because um, I've said said it already, you can go first. All right. Go on. Okay, I'm going to talk about an Avatar Press book in the most nasally congested way I can. My bad. Uh, this is not your regular Avatar book. When I say Avatar book, what do you guys think? Blood and gore, right? Yeah. Okay, well... I think of those blue aliens. Okay, well, uh, it's a little blood and gory, but I mean, okay, this is a story about the apocalypse. It's the end of the world, <laughs> and it's a story about three dogs. One's, one dog is a... Uh, what do you call them? Uh, dogs that blind people have the dog help seeing eye dogs there you go seeing eye dog uh, one's like a, a beagle and the other one's a, a I want to call it a, a bloodhound because uh, it's, it's a duck dog D- dogs that chase after ducks and shit whatever these dogs talk to each other and stuff so it's got some, it's got writing but uh, basically they're, they're looking for feeders which is humans they're like we're hungry there's nobody around to feed us anymore so they they get stuck in the city and uh, like things are just going sideways. And they run into a pack of chihuahuas from a, a pet store, and all these chihuahuas can say is, "What about me? What about me? What about me?" And these dogs are like, "Hey, shut up, whatever." And then a fridge falls out of the sky and squishes all the fucking chihuahuas. Okay, so they run away. They're like, "What the fuck?" And then they meet this cat, and this cat's like, "Yo, you need to cross the bridge to take a left. You know the difference between left and right. You need to get the fuck out of here because the feeders have gone nuts." Right, so the cats, the dogs are like, all right, well, let's do it. They 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 get scared and they hide overnight, and then they show up to this bridge finally. And it was all a fucking setup. The cat set them up, man. The cat's gonna eat them. All these cats show up and they start fucking attacking the dogs. Well, the dogs get away, and they land in the water, and the cats land in the water, and the wa- and the fucking cats drown because cats are stupid, and they can't <laughs> swim apparently. Um. I don't know, it's kind of cool. I'm not sure if that's true or not. Well, I, right. I, Sorry, I thought cats could swim, man, to be honest with you. But all these cats fucking died. and uh, So they get across oh, the river, okay. and it's it's to be continued. But it's just a cool premise. Like, it's a totally different take on the end times. Do you know what I mean? Like, seeing through the eyes of these three dogs. It's pretty neat. It's called Rover Red Charlie. Uh, Garth Ennis wrote it. So you got to expect some weirdness there. And oh, it's an Avatar comic, so obviously it was written by Garvin. Well, no, he doesn't write them all. Come on. Sorry. Uh, Michael DePascal was the artist. And I can't tell you who did the colors because I'm not that smart yet. So this is basically like the continuation of that movie, Homer Bound? It's kind of like that, but <laughs> set, in, set in the fucking apocalyptic times, man. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Um, I, I implore people to check it out just because of its weirdness. Did you give it a score out of seven? Then I will give it a score of six out of seven because I don't six think cats can't swim. I think cats can swim, so you lose a point. Nah, there. cats are too dumb. You think cats so? Too, probably <laughs> cats probably dumb, too well, it's funny in the book because in the book the dogs are like those fucking cats are so fucking smart. They've always been smarter than us. They've got words for things like they called the water, like it's called the river, right? But they had to refer to it as the slap or the puddle for the dogs to understand. So I thought that was kind of 
a little off to me. Well, cats are just smarter than dogs. Dogs are morons. I hate I hate cats. And I'm, I was glad to see them drown, but I really think they can they can swim. Okay, I'll Google it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was my non-Marvel and DC comic. Actually, I've got two more of them. If I get that far. Thank you that for that, um, Eric. That was that. That sounds like a really um, disturbing <laughs> weird comic. You can say I'll, it. I'll say I'll say it sounds like a fun read. Yeah, for, for animal lovers. <clears throat> and that, okay, this should be interesting because we've never been given homework before. But we're going to move on to the homework section of the show, <laughs> and we're going to hear about the comics Kyle and Josh have been told to read. We'll start with Kyle. Kyle, what did oh, Earl you- tell you to read? <laughs> Oh great! You start with me. He told, he made me read um, the sixth gun. Right. What issue? I think I can't remember what number it is. Um, Thirty-eight. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Um, and considering I spent what thirteen years in education, not doing homework, the fact <laughs> I read this, read most of this, was a miracle. And um, it's, it's written by Cullen Bunn, and you know. You could probably go back uh, multiple times in episodes to hear what I have said about Colin Bunt in the past. But what everyone always says is you've got to read his indie work and all that. Which I kind of reject that comment just because why should it be... Why does it give his Marvel work an excuse? But this is a lot better. You could say the same shit about Mad Fraction. Oh, let's not get into that. Oh, I'm just yeah. saying, man. I think his indie shit's way better, too. Just like same with Colin no. That doesn't give him a fucking free pass to write shit like Hawkeye. Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh, wow. Shots fired. Um, <laughs> okay, go on. Oh. Go on. I'm out. No, but the thing is, though, we, as far as Colin Bunn's concerned, right, for Mark, for when he, the Marvel books, he wrote Fearless Defenders. I didn't like it. And then he ruined it. I don't want to say ruined. That sounds a lot more harsh. But from Remenda to his Venom, it's as far as I'm concerned, it's a, a bit a huge drop off. Yeah. But this, the sixth gun. I, I, while I'm not, you know, like 100 percent sure what the hell is going on in it, mm-hmm. it's interesting to say the least. And I think the art is a is some of its strongest parts. Mm-hmm. What happened? What I can remember that happened is this like zombie dude has come to town, yeah. and it's some crazy some shit. I'm sorry, I can't remember. My memory's off. I only ju- it's full disclosure. I only just finished reading it. Yeah, I was about to say that's really sad that you just finished reading this while we're <laughs> recording and you can't remember. Probably anything. the general. Isn't it about about the general looking for these enchanted guns or something? Because I read read the first three volumes, I read it like a couple of years ago. Because I told you to, brother. Uh, Well, it was more (laughs) because it was on sale on Comixology, but we'll just say it's because you told me to. Yeah, that too. (laughs) Sorry, Kyle, go on. What was you you saying? I've read it, but it's like I don't have any other context other than there's, there's, there's these guns... That they want, they clearly there's two factions in this that want the sixth gun or whatever, and one wants to destroy it at least. But the fact that I don't haven't read anything other than this one issue kind of hampers it. I think Mm. maybe if I've read, I read like six. Kyle, basically, you're saying that for this week's homework, you get an F. Yeah, go for it. Because credit, he didn't get the whole story. I mean, there's a whole overall arch, and it's 38 issues into the freaking story. 
you kind of need a little background before you jump in. Thank you, yeah. Eric. I agree. I won't, I won't deny that. It's just not mm. that well, good. I, I thought for what it is, it's an enjo- a reasonably enjoyable read. It's different. Fucking Earl, man. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps dropping. Uh, Kyle, Kyle, what I would you give that comic out of seven? I would give it a, a four. A four. I give it a four. Um, if I, I read think... it again uh, to more ex- absorb it, I might give it a higher if I read even the red like a couple of is- other issues. But I'm reading ep- issue 38. Give me a break. Mm. You're reading the latest issue. Are you not reading issue number one? No, because I, I didn't get sent that one. Earl exactly. told me to read this issue one. Issue number one is probably free on Comixology, well, you know. I yep. don't use Comixology now. Why not? You should. Because I'm not, I don't like reading comics on my phone. Don't you have a computer? You could use your computer. Yeah, you I can read it on desktop now. I hate that you Okay, even so you. Okay. You gave the comic a four. I think I'd probably give you a review a four as well. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm just jo- I'm joking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like that. that was what funny. did he say? I didn't hear him. Who? Kyle? Well, Kyle said he that. mumbled something. I... Fuck you guys. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Come on um, then, dickhead, Josh. Okay. I want to hear what the fuck. That was. Okay, that was a bit hard. That was but, Kyle's uh, homework for the week. Josh, let's hear about yours. I like Kyle's well, segue. I had yeah. to review Invincible, and while it wasn't issue 34, it was issue 108. I will give a better oh, review of it. Why? Oh my god, he's such a bellend. <laughs> no, it's not the same, because I know for a fact that Invincible has, <clears throat> from I think, what was it, 100? got like a soft reboot or whatever a restart so it was more accessible so don't start with your crap carry Listen, on I don't, I don't know I anything don't think about the reboots this. happened yet not reboot but like a, a more accessible another there's going to be another easy access point for new readers but it's not too long ago I had one mm, okay are you done bitching so i can do my <laughs> review or... take... not really come on <laughs> I'd like to hear what you have to say. <laughs> Alright, so basically, mine was a little more complicated because there's other dimensions going on, a whole bunch of people, I don't know who the fuck they are. But basically, Invincible's trying to go after this Angstrom Levy guy because he wants to save his family because this chick that he banged is pregnant and um, well, he feels good. that until this guy's dead that he really can't, you know, live this happy life so he has to go to this other dimension to like basically kill this guy and takes this robot with him when they go over to the other dimension of course he sees this version of himself who is just like this king of this world kind of and they have this levy guy all kind of like chained up and the shit beaten out of him and invincible really can't you know find it within himself to kill this guy and so there's, um, like, you know, all this kind of dialogue going on. And then basically at the end, the robot fucks him over by killing the other ultra or the other invincible from that dimension. And all these other people chops off the levy guy's head and leaves invincible in that dimension to basically pick up the pieces and goes back to the real world. Um, I felt like Eric kind of reading this because it was just the art was pretty badass and gory and blood and guts everywhere. It felt like me because you enjoyed a little blood. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. It was pretty cool. I mean, it was definitely 
I had to read it twice because I wasn't really sure, you know, what the fuck was going on because it, it jumped, you know, into this other dimension and I was like, okay, who the hell is this guy and that sort of thing, but um, the art kind of really won it over for me. So I give it a six out of seven. Who's the artist? Uh, Otley? Ryan Otley? Yep. Nice. He's got fans. It doesn't sound like a kid-friendly book. I thought that was a kid-friendly book. Yeah, it, I mean, the thing was is, like, the end of the book was kind of shocking to me, and I would imagine, like, to the long-time readers, it was, like, a big, like, oh, shit kind of moment. Mm. Um, because, you know, you have that character establishment kind of already built up at that point, and I didn't have any of that going into it. Mm. But it's definitely not. That issue, I mean, for instance, was not a, you know, kid-friendly book. Okay. Let me ask you guys a question. Not not a quick question. How did you guys find jumping into these new books, like, feet first, you know what I mean? Like, with no background information. How did you feel about doing that? Would you do it again? Um, I think I had a, I had a positive experience from it. Yeah. It was, um... Like, you might continue I mean, buying it, Invincible or check out back issues? Yeah, I probably would. I mean, the whole thing for me, it was like... You know, Earl's like, oh, look at Invincible issue 108. And I'm just like, what the fuck? 108? <laughs> like, that's like the yeah, piece to it. You know? I thought he was going to give you, like, number ones or something and be, be nice about it. I didn't know he was going to give you, like, late numbers of existing mm-hmm. series that mm-hmm. have been going on for years. But well, I suppose that. That was part of yeah. the project is because I did, you know, like we used to do that on the site. We don't do it anymore. We used to have the new reader accessibility scale, which is like to say like, there are going to be people who want to get into comics and they don't have the luxury of finding a number one for a French. Like Walking Dead is a very popular one and that's up to what, 112, 115? Mm. Like, 120. Yeah, like, it's closer like, now. Yeah, yeah, so are you going to are you going to tell the person to go back and read 10 years of comics or try to see what they're like now and then to go be- back once... To be fair, I think the Walking Dead people, the the Volume One is still selling ridiculously mm-hmm. well anyway. Yeah. Well, so I mean, people, okay, well, but that, that's the exception. That's the exception to the rule. Yeah, like I mean, okay, another example would be Spider Man. I remember when I first got into Spider Man, I actually tried to go back and read all the issues, and I think I got up to like one twenty something. And I'm like, this is way too many comics for me to read because mm-hmm. this is after months of work, and I'm like, they're already. This is back, I guess, around like issue five hundred or so, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just not gonna. Yeah, and you're not going to finish that thought either from the sounds of it. It's too bad. Poor Earl, he's trying. Anyways, yeah, kind of get his point. What, what did you think, Kyle? Would you try some more? Um, um, I think I'm more inclined. I think I'm more inclined to try Invincible. Because mm. really? that's one... That's that. I think Invincible and The Walking Dead have been like two saves that I kind of want to read. Mm-hmm. But I've just one of those things that I've not got, not had an excuse to just start reading mm. it straight away. I hear you. I feel the same way about both titles. Mind you, with The Walking Dead, I I got sucked in and I bought eighteen trades. Yeah. My wife tried to divorce me, so you know, be careful what you do, brother. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, uh, who's next? Sorry, yeah. It's okay, anyway, my bad. It's all right, uh, uh, Eric. Just do my job, you know. It's fine. No, no, I'm just shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I try. Speaking of Invincible, I read the first trade of it because that when that was on sale on Comicsology, and I just I don't know. It didn't really help me enough to want to read the rest of it. But Nothing at some point, I might have to try and revisit to it. But I read the things in life are heavy, like the comic anvil. Okay, Josh, what were you gonna say then? 
Um, I was gonna say with Invincible, like, I mean, I may have just jumped on on this issue, and it was just like the you know the pinnacle of the story, you know, and that could be the thing. It might not be as good throughout as this particular issue was. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I might pick up the next one and kind of see what happened because it was kind of like a you know cliffhanger kind of moment um, and see if it's still as good as that was. I don't know if I'll go back and read all 107 previous issues, but... See, the thing... The thing with me in superhero comics is if I like if I want to read a superhero comic, I'll just read something from Marvel or DC. I'm less inclined to go to Image to look for a superhero book. It's got to have like a really interesting concept behind it, or you know, like a really good idea to it, or like a creator that I love working on it. Because if I want to read a superhero book, I'm just gonna like buy a Marvel title because it's characters that I know. So. Mm-hmm. I think that be why might be why um, Image don't really do a great deal of superhero comics, or maybe I just don't read them because I think there's Invincible and like, do they publish any other superhero comics? No, they don't think so. Uh, well, what do you count Spawn as a superhero? Yeah, maybe. Oh, well, that would mean Savage Dragon would be one mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure they're yeah, there. Yeah, the they're kind of exceptions though, because they're like they were there at the um, the inception of Image, and they've been going since Image started. So they just won't die. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like Batman. Anyway, uh, yeah, my joke just fell flat. No, that's fine. I was gonna say he did die, but I didn't want to go down that room. <laughs> okay, um, I guess it's my turn now. I'm actually I was like really struggling. To find something to talk about because I didn't want to just talk about Hawkeye again. So I talk about Hawkeye that much. I'm gonna need like my own jingle or something for whenever it's brought up. It's like a section of a show I do. Let's just dedicate it to Hawkeye. I think you're gonna have to think get a new one anyway since Young Avengers is done. Yeah. So anyway, with that said, the title I'm going to talk about is Hawkeye number (laughs) sixteen. Um. Marvel seems to have fucked it up a little bit because 16 has come out before 15 because apparently 15 isn't done and 16 was done. So Does that even editorial. Make sense? Well, I, I can kind of get why 15 is not done because David Aha is like a, he's really slow. I mean, he's great. He's a fucking brilliant artist, but he's slow. So, and it might not actually just be his fault. It might be he got the script late or something. But um, apparently 16 was already done so they just decided to print that and the thing is like they're, they're alternating storylines now like one issue will be Kate one issue will be Clint so you can read 16 before 15 because it doesn't follow on from issue 15 it follows on from issue 14 because that was the previous Kate issue so issue 16 follows is back in LA with Kate Bishop and it's more tales of her trying to be a private investigator in Hollywood and um Annie Wu is on the art again and she's actually I'm really starting to like her art like the more I, I look of it and see of it the more I, I appreciate it more with like her facial expressions and her panel layout like it's kind of it's it's I think it's there's there's a bit more detail in the faces than what Aja does but it's still kind of got like that's that similar style where it's put like with with how he puts with how she puts the panels on the pages, like how she lays the panels out, like she doesn't she won't go do like twenty panels on the page like Aja will, but mm. it's kind of K 
keeping with that same art style that the title has had. And they still got Matt Holling's work on colours, and colours are really nice and get nice in it. It looks pretty. Um, yeah, she's a private investigator in in Los Angeles, and like any good private investigator, she's getting in the way of the police, and the police are like, "We don't want you <laughs> doing this because you're just annoying us and getting getting in our way." Um, the premise of the comic, I'm just trying, to, I'm just flicking through it to try and refresh my memory of what actually happened, so I can give people an idea of why should they they should read it. She's looking for a stolen record of this this um, old musician who like an actual vinyl record. I think it's or a like vinyl a record. File. Yeah. Oh. It'll probably no. It's probably it'll probably be a vinyl record because you know it's a fucking hipster comic. So it is kind of hipster. <laughs> I like vinyl. Yeah. I'm no fucking yeah. hipster. Um, you watch Adventure Time? Yes, you are. I fucking love that show. <laughs> oh, I've not gone into that yet. I hear good things though. You know, make sure I see a lot of it on my Tumblr. Make sure you're drunk the first time you watch it. That's how I got hooked. Mm. Oh shit! Was <laughs> okay. I'll have, I'll have to make remember that Sorry. if I'm ever going to sit down and watch Adventure Time. Let me just cut you off in the middle of your view. Okay, it's fine. I'm done. Was it really good? I'm yeah. done. <laughs> okay, is that it? That's it. Why did you, Why did you cut me off? I don't know. These guys were just feel like hipsters. It. I just I just just wanted to comment, but these guys took it to another level. Okay, I've actually completely lost my train of thought. We're now. talking about she's looking for a vinyl record. Yeah, she is. That this guy, I think, it's got stolen from him. Um, and I actually can't remember. <laughs> Holy fuck, what? really? Did you just read it like Kyle and you blacked it out? No, I read it a few days. See, I... I re- it's okay. I'm going to give the comic a 6 out of 7. <laughs> no, wait, no, not a 6 out of 7. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 7. Yeah, a 5 out of 7 for... Why, because yeah. it was so forgettable? <laughs> so forgettable. It was so forgettable. <laughs> it was really good. I just don't remember every single detail of the... Because I've slept since then and I have a headache and I've been suffering from a hangover all day. Oh, I'd feel that your pain sense. yesterday. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, lots of comic book talk, though. Um, we're doing a terrible job at this. Uh, Eric, I think you're next. Okay, me again. Yes. Yeah, and we are we staying... Oh, no, you talked about a Marvel comic. I would like to comment about these Miracle Man reprints. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, the first issue was six bucks. And I was a little freaked out by it. I wasn't sure if I wanted to buy it or not. And I got a feeling. I was reading the previews for Fatal. And it says in Fatal that there are certain things in the single issues that you won't find collected anywhere else. So it's kind of a good idea to be buying those. And I'm kind of thinking the same thing with these Miracle Men. Because uh, it starts off with the Alan Moore stuff. I mean, the original writer. Uh, so they do that first issue that the warrior printed and then they there's so much extra man so much extra there's a little behind the scenes of the recoloring uh actual photocopies of some of the original art and whoever was hanging on to these was a smoker because they're seriously yellow so there was a lot of work put into restoring this i think and there's also a bit of a write-up about miracle man uh there's a slight interview with joe casada and Michelangelo, is that Michelangelo? Yeah. Uh, there's a picture, lots of splash pages, uh, and then at the end of the book there is a reprint of a Michelangelo Marvel Man tale, which I thought was cool because I didn't think that would be in there. So I ended up okay. Here's the story. I got my comics yesterday in the mail, 
so I got two copies of Miracle Man. I got issue one and issue two. So I was a little concerned if they were going to keep the six dollars an issue up. But the next issue two was uh, five bucks, and uh, same thing ish, except there's no interview uh, or actual. There's there's some more behind the scenes stuff, and like I said, whoever had these pages smoked a lot. Uh, they look like they glow in the dark almost. Anyways, uh, and and then again at the end of the book there is uh, another reprint of an actual Michelangelo Marvel Man story, plus the debut of Kid Marvel Man in its original content context. Sorry, uh, worth the five bucks I think because there's a lot of pages here, man. Uh, five dollar comic, forty one pages plus plus forty one, about forty four pages. What do you guys think? Sound like a good deal? Yeah, I mean, it's doubled, right? Yeah, and I mean, if you've never read it, I, I highly recommend reading it because this is the really the birth of the true modern hero before he was actually recognized. Do you know what I mean? Like with the blood and the guts and the, the drama, the suspense, and the art is phenomenal, man. Uh, Buckingham, right? So, I think. Shit. That's my take. Uh, I would score those reprints uh, a good five. Only because they're a little pricey, like six bucks for the first issue, but you get a lot of pages. Five bucks for the second issue. Once again, you get a lot of pages, and uh, that's a big thing for me, man. Uh, especially nowadays with the price of comics, and I know those fuckers want to jack it up. Like they would like it to be five dollars across the board. I know they would, and if they could get away with it, they would. So I'm trying to be a little more critical about the content you get for the amount of money you spend. You're so smart. My cold medication just kicked in. Can you tell? You're, yeah, you sound like an animal. Thanks, buddy. Anyways, yeah. Or, you know, like a lot of guys were saying, they're going to wait for the hardcovers or the trade paperbacks. But I got a feeling you're not going to get all the content that you're getting in these single issues. Oh, wow. I just get that. No, they'll be they'll be saving that for the big, big chunky omnibus. The omnibus. Yeah. Probably. Omnibus. Oversized, hopefully. Because these pages are beautiful to look at, man. Have you guys, any of you guys read it before? No. no? Hmm. Nope. Okay, well, I'm so glad no, you guys could I'm add your two cents. No, the, the reason why I haven't read it again is because it's a reprint and it's five ninety nine. And it's, it's one of those things I don't care about. Alan it's... Moore having said Alan Moore or the original writer is not enough for me to. Alan Moore is the original writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marvel I know that. Not refusing to put his name in the title. No, I think I think they no, were I doing him a solid because he asked. He wanted to oh, be, did he ask not to be I in it? I think he was oh, probably okay. wanted to be disassociated with it. So, um, okay. I think that another attraction for me is Neil. Like, okay, Alan Moore did his run, then Neil Gaiman does his run, but Neil never got to finish his run. And when they finally get to that point, we'll get to see the actual end of his run. Is, he, is Neil Gaiman going to finish? Is he going to write new scripts then, or is I think they were already voice? written. They just never got produced, man. Yeah, because that would be fun, just like he was supposed to, like his involvement in Guardians of the Galaxy, that kind of never happened, mm. or is still t- yet to happen, I don't know what the hell. He's a busy guy, rich writers, man, they're eccentric. Yeah. I think the thing with Miracle Man is, and I'm actually, I've not been picking it up, mostly because of the price of mm. it, I think it's somewhat, you, you, you have to be like interested in the history of comic books mm. to kind of want to read it, mm. and maybe... Um, someone of the older generation. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to say it's just for old people. I mean, no. just people. Really, it's the who, it's the context of okay. Another attraction is right. It was Superman and Shazam back in the day, and there was a time when Captain Marvel was outselling Shazam. And then when 
what, Superman sued Shazam or whatever. It took like something like eight years for them to do it. It's in the first issue. You can read the backup, uh, and they talk about. So then these guys over in England were like, let's let's kind of do something like that, and that's how they came up with Miracle Man, who was actually Marvel Man at first, I believe. So, do you know what I mean? Like it's a rip off of a rip off of a rip off. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a mashup of Superman and Captain Marvel, but it's not. It's it, I don't know. It's historically yes, it's 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 for old people. Anthony Neal. <laughs> well, my brother has bought the first issue, so I might have to get around to reading it sometime. Yeah, at least, more, at least for the, the, just the extra content. Yeah, read the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, try mm-hmm. the first issue too. It's pretty good, man. The, the art still. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's really good art. Okay, uh, and that, did you give it six out of seven? Was it? I think I gave it a five because of the price. Oh, you gave it a five, yeah. Okay, okay, five out of seven. Okay, uh, Kyle, you're up. Yay! Um, uh, Eric, did you ever read the first issue of Dead Body Road? Dead Body Road, yes, I did. Yeah, I think did I have the, the second, second one. No, I, I, I'm sitting on it still. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see anyway. my don't read pile? I'm behind four months on Saga, three months on Fatal. I've not even got three months on three. six gun. I forgot about Saga this week. Yeah, me too. It, I prefer it just to come out and then oh yeah shit it's out, but then it didn't put it in my box. So Fuck. you know, sucks when that happens. Sounds like my girlfriend. But anyway, alright. <laughs> 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 um, Dead Money Road number two. It's conti- if you read the first one, which you should have. It's by Justin Jordan and Matteo Scalera. Word and. Just like the last we said in the last time, me and me and Lenny, it with the art, it's it's really it's beautiful compared to past things that Scalera's done. Just mainly, I think the colorist adds makes it more than just that dark, awesome looking, but just dark book. But that's <laughs> not to say this one is like a cheery book or anything. There's a guy looking hunting for a bunch of killers that killed his wife, mm-hmm. his wife girlfriend. I can't remember. But it, this one is, I think, a bit of a step down. Because I really did love the first issue. Really? Yeah. But this one, it kind of slows down. It's kind of, It kind of feels like some of the criticisms that Earl and Lenny had for um, the last issue of Velvet. And Lenny wrote a review talking about it, how he didn't enjoy this one as much. Hmm. Because it doesn't... Not that it doesn't feel like anything happens, but we introduced this new character, Rachel, who has something that these guys want, but we don't know what it is exactly. The main character doesn't care what it is, but it's one of those things he needs to get hold of these bad guys that, again, killed his wife somehow. So, you know... I, I kind of w- want more, more to happen. That's basically it. There's a couple of shooting, but apart from that, it, the most of the action takes place in a diner, which is only for the first few pages, and it leads on to uh, the last page, which kind of, as a cliffhanger goal, isn't that special. Hello. Hello. Oh, sorry. I, Hello. What the hell happened? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I'll put oh, a commercial on. Did you not hear me talk to slow the crap? Is it just dead air then? Hmm. No, you were fine, and then 
I don't know. I think did it cut out or something? I don't know. You stopped talking. Yeah. Oh well, the cliffhanger wasn't overly impressive in okay. comparison to the two other cliffhangers because it's they show a guy. It's a guy that I don't recognize, and I think the characters recognize, but. If you don't have like the ominous, oh, it's this guy, and they teased him before, it kind of doesn't matter. Mm. At least I don't think so, anyway. Mm. But I still give that. I give that a five out of seven. For the art alone, I bet. Mo- mostly for the art. And it's a different I story. Compensates. This one, like I said before, space. You can tell it's basically just an action film. Mm-hmm. It's a seventies grindhouse type. That's the way, yeah. the way they described it, and I, and I really, you can really feel that in the art. Yeah. All aspects of it, like you were saying, even with the colors. For me, though, I found it was a lot brighter than what his other, like, Scalera, he's he's also doing Black Science, right? Yeah, Which definitely. is super dark compared to Dead Body Road. Super well, dark. Yeah, because what's the name, um... Um, Dean White it's just a different colour palette really because mm-hmm. this is there's a blue sky um, compared to other ones like say um, Scalera or when he was doing Indestructible Hulk it was all night and it was all night in Secret Avengers as well mm-hmm. pretty much and Black Science is not exact. is well I've not read the latest issue but yeah. the past the past two issues haven't been very bright nope no, they have not. All right, Anthony, you're on. Oh, sorry. I was, I was, <laughs> I, I, I'm a bit distracted at the minute because I've just read something on Twitter that's a bit depressing. What's but, that? Um, Tell us. I want to hear. I want to be sad too. Philip Seymour Hoffman's been found dead in his apartment in New New York City. No shit. Which, yeah, it's just yep. like. <clears throat> anyway, prescription drugs so. will fucking kill you every time. All the time. Um, <clears throat> sorry, uh, Josh. I think it's you, you next. It is me. Yeah. Um, You're not like crying and shit, are you, Anthony? I'm not crying. Oh. No, it's just, <laughs> just, no. I hear some sniffling in your voice crack a little. No, I'm not crying. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna talk about Superior Spider-Man number twenty-six. Oh jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Go go go! Right, so I'll talk about this. Uh, go go. behind. Did I not mention that? I'm a week behind on everything. No, carry on. Sorry, go for it. The hell is mine? Wow, do you guys even want me to talk yes, about I it? Do. I, I want you to, because I have things to say about it. Can't, I'll go. Can't find my coffee. Here it is. I did um, Batman comic do something. So basically, I mean, at this point, I'm kind of sad to see Superior Spider-Man come to an end in a couple months, because it's kind of been intense the last couple issues. Yeah, um, yes. We have the, the Goblin War finally starting after, like, 900 issues. Um, and, you know, pretty much Pete's back in in the mind area, which was kind of exciting, too. Um, and that was done kind of really well in this issue because, you know, Doc Ock had basically, like, wiped out, you know, majority of the memories trying to erase him, you know, 20 issues ago or whatever it was. And... Um, but he's kind of kept certain pieces of Pete's memory, you know, these big moments in his life to kind of, you know, help him still pull off this, you know, hey, I'm really Peter Parker, you know, mantra. And then basically, 
you know, Pete's kind of wandering around and it's, you know, the art was really cool because it shows this like white open, you know, world kind of, but with like just a couple different, you know, memories scattered about. And, you know, Pete says, you know, basically I got to try and fight back. I wasn't strong enough before. Oh, he just cut out. Uh, I, I, yeah, I would, I would point out then I will take over from here. Like, he's, oh, there he is. Well, you cut out, Josh. Did I? Yeah. Fuck. It's okay. You were talking about uh, the Petescape. All right. Yeah, so basically, like, you know, he realizes, you know, these um, certain, you know, memories that are still there um, are actually defining moments in his life. So he's going to use that to kind of, like, as, like, a positive energy to help him, like, overcome Doc Ock, you know, going forward. And how he's really going to do that, it really wasn't mentioned, but... It was kind of cool seeing him like doubting himself, like how am I going to do this? I wasn't powered up, uh, strong enough before, and then realizing like I just need these certain memories in order to help me like build off of that, to you know kind of go forward. Um, and then meanwhile, that's going on. You have the Superior Spider-Man basically kind of telling off the Avengers because they want to like look into his you know brain scans and this sort of thing, but he had erased the results you know that they'd done before, and pretty much tells the Avengers to fuck off and jumps out of the Avengers tower and he's going to go off on his own. So kind of like a lot of pieces scattered throughout, which is, you know, I think kind of frustrating about, um, slots writing because you, you know, you have so many different things happening at one time that it's just like so crammed into these issues that you only move the plot forward very little by little. Um, but I, I still think this issue is pretty good and I give it a six out of seven. Okay. You should have pointed out there's three different artists on this. Well, I mean, there's more. One, than of, three, the, but... one of which is Marcos Martin. Yes. So. Okay. So the Goblin stuff. Be careful what you say. I will. I'll, be careful what you I'm not going to ruin it for you. Well, maybe a little. But the Goblin stuff, all the Goblin stuff, is drawn by Ramos, and for the first time ever, good job, Humberto. <laughs> good job, buddy. You have been confirmed. I, I like it. I was impressed. Uh, the the Petescape. That's what I like to call it. Petescape. Yeah. Uh, is is all Marcos Martin. And uh, the stuff with the Avengers is this Rodriguez guy, who I'm not really familiar with, uh, which I helped. He's a colorist on Daredevil. Yeah, no. he's done a couple issues with Daredevil as well. What? Oh, well, he was drawing these pages, man. He, he, pe- he penciled a couple issues with Daredevil as well. Oh, see, so that's how much I was paying attention to that. <laughs> uh, I thought I thought that helped let that break up, uh, helped keep the storyline uh, easier to follow. Uh, maybe not so much for Josh, but for me it did. Uh it just almost feels like a conclusion, but it's actually the beginning of something huge. It's a very good issue, especially after the stuff with Venom. I think uh, yeah. this the freight train took off at about issue 24. Yep. And uh, here we go. Get ready. Pete's coming back. I think I think in regards to it seeing it, um, the Goblin story being like it's been dragged out a long time, I think I was listening to an interview with Dan Slott, and he said that he planned to do the Goblin story, and I think it was October of last year, because it was when Infinity was happening, and then Marvel or someone made him push it back until February. So then he needed to like come up with stories to basically fill, mm. like fillers, which I think is what the Venom mark we've just had end up being, like kind of padding it out mm. some space. To put off the goblin story some more, but at the same time still tease it a little. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think that's why he 
Yeah. There's a bit of a reveal in the comic, too, that neither I or Josh spoke about, so, I mean, yeah. we didn't ruin it for you Ooh. guys. <coughs> Excuse me. So, right. Um, come, when I read it the first time, I was a lot more negative about it, but I've just been flicking through it, and it's kind of... I'm not at, like... What did you give it, Josh? A six? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not at that level of, in, of loving it, but it is... It is still up there. As far as the event, I enjoy the all of it apart from the Avengers bits because I'm fucking sick of this with the Avengers. You you couldn't figure out why you could they couldn't figure out that he's there's something wrong, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's just every time that the Avengers have been in it, it's the same thing. Oh, you are there is something wrong with you. We will fight now. Then he will say something and just leave, and then it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that I mean, prior to the like the past two issues, yes. But like after twenty five, they were basically like, "Listen, we're not buying this whole like Venom piece that was inside of you for the last several months." Like, I think they took more of an approach to be like, "All right, we gotta get to the bottom of this mm-hmm. for real this time." Yeah, but they kind of haven't because he's just jumped out the window saying that he quits. Well, yeah, but you've not really done anything. Yeah, they they're gonna try watch. They'll and be watching. Say that they're going to. Yeah, they've been watching for the past thirty issues or what? Twenty six <laughs> issues. I forget what number we're up to anymore. But well, he, he sure is. Been, he's been on probation. He need the same thing happened in that um, tie. Not tie in the superior Spider-Man yep. team up mm-hmm. when they appeared in that. Pretty much the same thing has happened every time the Avengers have been involved in in the this series and it's that's what I'm kind of sick of to be honest but everything else all the Peter Mindscape figure realising that he is um, these are all the mem- these are the, while he doesn't have all his memories these are the ones that are important I thought that was great mm-hmm. and if you want and if that's going to be part of how <coughs> Peter comes back in what a month what, what month are you two months time Right. Man, I think I'll probably be fine with it. But we'll see. Like, like you still, we're not exactly sure how this is going to come about yet. And I, and I, and I think it's kind of fun to watch. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying though about the Avengers stuff. Yes, they, and it, and that kind of applies to what Anthony said too. How they're kind of padding it out. You know, because mm-hmm. they had to move the storyline. I think that might have something to do with it. But finally, we know the shit's going to come to a conclusion. So I, yeah, we won't have to I deal with it mo- much longer. Yeah. What's the most interesting thing about it that comes out of it? Um, where is it? Where is it? Well, it is kind of with the Avengers, I suppose. Mm. But it's been building up that slowly everybody's kind of turning on him. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's fully aware that people are turning on him. Because mm. he, he knows that you know people kind of hate him because oh he's now he's, he's changed. But it's like in the last issue twenty five where. The people, the common people, are just destroying the spider bots and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. So they are, because what? What's the easy take out? Because he's fighting the Avengers mainly, and he's deciding to, they decide that they don't like this. So that aspect, yeah, I think that's great. But again, the Avengers stuff, I could live without. Poor Anthony didn't get to read it yet. <clears throat> it's still a good read. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry it was. I was trying I was trying to like, you know, not listen too closely mm-hmm. so too much of the, the plot beats and get spoiled for me, but at the same time, you know, not be ignorant. But 
yeah, I'm quite looking forward to reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, should be quite good. Um, we've gone over an hour, so I think that'll that'll do it for this week. I think that's that. Quick summary, man. It's been a. Yep. Mm. Anyone else got anything they want to throw in before we wrap it up? Yes, we all have lives. Let's go live them. No, I'm kidding. Oh, just kidding. I need. I think I need to go get some sleep. I'm like sick. I'm like, uh, die. I'm being dramatic. <laughs> Very dramatic. Somebody got hammered. I wasn't really hammered, but if I was hammered, then I wouldn't mind. Fe- well, I'd some mind feeling this way, but I- yeah. Anyway, I think I'm just a lightweight. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Comic Anvil episode 40. We shall catch you next time. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh, so dramatic. Good stuff, man.
Whoa!